The biggest roadblock is fear. Your brain can talk you out of anything. You may have the greatest idea, and three minutes later, you've got 40 ideas why it's not the greatest idea. So learning how to shut that brain off and follow your heart a bit more is part of it. And then it's old-fashioned hard work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways. I'm your host, Rob Goodman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast all about the unexpected paths to a creative career. Our guest today is Andy Whalen, and Andy is a career coach, and he's had an incredible path to becoming a career coach. He started off as a pre-med student and then got really into acting. He moved to New York to pursue comedy. He even got to do some skits at the Conan O'Brien show. And we talk to Andy all about his path to eventually becoming a career coach. And we also get into some really great advice that Andy gives his students today and the people that he works with. Now, Andy is actually a career coach at General Assembly. That's how I met him. And I was so taken with his experience and his work as a career coach that I wanted to have him on the show. So what better time to tell you about our sponsor, General Assembly, Uh, They have campuses all across the country, and General Assembly is a fantastic organization dedicated to giving you the tools you need to pursue a career that you'll love. So no surprise that Andy and I connected right off the bat. And if you're interested in taking a class or workshop at General Assembly, you can use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, and you'll get 15% off. So let's get into the conversation with Andy and hope you guys enjoy the show. Andy, it's great to have you on the show. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, of course. So you are a career coach and you're working at General Assembly and you're a speaker and a teacher, but I know that you started off in comedy and I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your origin story. Yeah, definitely. For me, what happened was I went to college and I was a pre-med major and I followed what I think most people that I work with now go through is that idea of studying what makes sense or what makes your family happy. So I started out doing that and on a bet with a college roommate, I auditioned for a school play and was cast in a part and then I stopped going to class and I just went to rehearsal every day and just did that for a while and I graduated with a theater degree. Um, and, and that was in upstate New York. Uh, so when I graduated from college, I moved, uh, well, I went to Syracuse University for graduate school after that. I was fortunate I got a scholarship for a, an MFA in directing and acting. I love Syracuse. I was there I undergrad. Know. We talked about it briefly and, uh, I grew up in Syracuse, so it was kind of like being at home again. And, uh, I left there and moved to Chicago. A friend of mine, uh, in the program at Syracuse had another friend in Chicago. So I moved to Chicago and part of my time in Syracuse was I went to school and I worked uh, as an, as with an assistantship for the scholarship. I worked in the, as a set builder and um, a welder at Syracuse Stage, which is attached to the university. So I went to Chicago with nothing to do, and I started welding and building sets for Steppenwolf Theater and the Goodman Theater. And uh, a friend of mine mentioned that Second City had an opening for someone to manage the stage and do some building. So I went over there, and the first day I went over there, they said, do you know how to cut doors? Because they had gotten new carpeting, and all the office doors 
wouldn't close. So I spent the day in front of Second City cutting all their doors to fit their new office space. <laughs> and I uh, started working there. I knew nothing about it. Um, but then uh, I went home and I started talking to people about where I was going to start working. And everyone started giving me the history. And then when I started to meet people there and go to the shows and work with them, uh, I, I really sort of, I realized what it was all about and fell in love with improvisation and comedy. I was there when... Uh, for me, I started touring and I was stage managing for uh, Horatio Sands was in my company. Um, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler had started working in improvisation there and Tina was on one of the main stages there. Uh, Scott adds it and um, the, the, all the people from Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, Matt Walsh uh, and Matt Besser um, and uh, Amy and uh, Ian were um, just about to leave the touring companies and uh, Improv Olympic and go to New York. So I was exposed to these people who were now starting to get notoriety and grow their careers and had been doing it for 20 years, you know, since they were young teenagers and grew up in the Chicago area and knew everything. So I started studying there and then got a chance to do some writing and some performing for the uh, corporate side, for the industrial side, and then became a producer on the industrial side for Second City. And that for me was sort of the dream. And um, I left to go to New York. Um, people had started leaving. Some of the people I worked with at Second City were writing at Late Night with Conan O'Brien. So I got a chance to start doing uh, work for Late Night. Um, I did a lot of the guests in between, uh, or a lot of the characters in between the guests, and that was pretty fun. And uh, did you love performing? I did. I, I think I still do. Um, you know, Part of what I do when I teach classes or when I work in front of a large group is still that. You know, it's definitely performing and it's definitely connecting with an audience, uh, being quick on my, um, with whatever I'm talking about, uh, ha gaining a relationship where I feel confident being myself. And I, I think I learned that there and learned it from some of the best people. Um, you know, as I started to develop more and do commercial work and do some other stuff, because I started training and I was doing tours of Shakespeare and, you know, plays and all these things, uh, what I realized was I loved the comedy um, but I also watched the people who were destined to really create what it has become now for our culture. Um, so it, it changed a lot for me. I, I found a big, uh, a big opportunity to sort of support that, be around it. Um, but my career wasn't necessarily growing as fast as I would have liked it to. But what I did in order to survive was I did odd jobs. I was a carpenter and a welder. So I was doing a lot of work like that. And, uh, I would, you know, a perfect example of that is I took care of the building I lived in for reduced rent. <laughs> and I think that's what everyone sort of gets yeah, around to that's doing. That's a perfect uh, New York story. Yeah. And uh, from there, um, my landlord started kind of pimping me out to other landlords and saying, you know, he'll fix your whatever you need fixed uh, and also take care of the building. And so I started maintaining buildings and then taking on maybe offices. I worked for someone who was uh, um, had a, a chiropractic office, so I took care of their office for a while, and it just expanded. So I was continuing to be able to audition, do some work. I still improvised as often as I could, and then I was growing this kind of business on the side to not ever have to take a real job, <laughs> uh, which was kind of cool. So that, for me, was my existence for quite a while in New York. And so that was kind of the beginning of your transition from comedy to business. It was definitely the time where I saw my life transition into making some decisions. I started to, I think in the first year that I was working on my own in this kind of 
maintenance cleaning company business. I think I had eight clients. And then when I finally uh, sold the business, I think I had, it was about 221 regular clients that I was working with and buildings and things like that. So wow. it so was growing built, rapidly. Yeah, you had built it up. Yeah, uh, really I, and strong. that was the purpose. You know, I wanted to see what I could do with it and I wanted to grow it to the point where uh, it was sort of uh, sustaining itself. So what happened after you sold this business? Well, I, <laughs> I got married and that was part of it. Was um, <laughs> I realized that it was really hard to be married and work seven days a week uh, when you own a business. So... Uh, we made a decision to figure out what was next in our lives, and we moved to New Hampshire. My wife is a, um, a graphic artist, and uh, she was a professor at the School of Visual Arts in New York and had an opportunity to work at the New Hampshire Institute of Art in Manchester, New Hampshire. So they hired her to build from the ground up a graphic design department at this college that was founded in 1898. So we went there. I had a chance while I was there, and I think this is... What happened to my career and why I'm where I'm at now is I had a chance to do some classes at the college. Uh, once I started to meet the faculty there, I had an opportunity to start doing a little bit of teaching there. So I taught some improvisation and some other things there. And then I also taught a storytelling class for visual artists, which I think was the beginning of me understanding how much I enjoy teaching, but working with people at a level where... Uh, someone might feel like they're incapable or really afraid to do something and to find a way to help them to take that risk to try it. And a visual artist who's used to working solo most of the time, only being in class when they're getting lecture and then going and creating work to create stories and to talk about their work and talk about themselves to be able to build their own careers was kind of the beginning for me of understanding what I truly enjoyed and what my skill set was meant for in a lot of ways. From that experience in New Hampshire, when did you guys make your way over to California and when did you start really now building a career around being a coach and a teacher? What happened for me in Manchester was I started working with the students because they were artists and I had had a business, so they were asking me about how to start their own business, what it was like to build a business plan, how to figure out and budget themselves when they graduated because most of them figured they would take a regular job and they would try to run their own business on the outside. And we were working with photographers, illustrators, fine artists, uh, ceramicists, um, people like that. So I started working with them on that basis and had a chance to talk with the president and executive vice president about building out a career services department. They had a very small part-time department that offered uh, resume services and some things like that, which are very needed, uh, just not enough experience-based work that I thought would help students. So they invited me to come in and start to build out that department. So I took on being director of that and built out an internship program. Part of that was also, they had some student workers on campus, but it was uh, very much, who do you need to work there? How much do you want to pay them? Come on in. And so I standardized that. I put together a program that was based on both the labor laws in New Hampshire, but what would be best for the students and giving more students an opportunity to work and then uh, internship programs within the community. So I, would, I started out by cold calling and door to door to a lot of businesses that might need graphic artists, illustrators, you, you know, the local newspapers and theaters already were aware of the school, but there were many companies that weren't necessarily aware. And believe it or not, Manchester has this great uh, 
tech hub. So they have, um, Dyn is there and they do a lot of work with Amazon and Google. They handle a lot of their um, traffic. So there is a nice tech hub there. So I started working with those companies to open up internships. Uh, in, in, um, even in uh, Dyn, they, uh, at the time, they were hiring some of the artists to paint murals in their office. So I wanted to expand that and go a step further instead of, oh, we're just going to hire the novelty artist to come in and paint. We want to bring them in and give them an opportunity to work in our marketing teams and build out in that way. So I started to do that and found both a mix of my ability to teach and the ability to understand how to grow business uh, was perfect for me. And were you figuring out how to run these programs and find opportunities and connect the dots? Um, were you doing that just from gut and intuition or you know, were you reading a lot of books about how to run programs like this? It sounds like it was a, a great opportunity for you to spread your wings and get a ton of experience. Um, but how did you figure out how to do it? Yeah, I, uh, I think that's where the improvisation training came in really well. I made up most of it. Uh, I created a character, which was a director of career services guy. And I would walk <laughs> around and people believed it for a while until I started believing it. But I also did the work. I read I met with people. I talked to other business owners. Uh, I sat and I connected with other career services people from uh, colleges close by. Um, we had a new admissions director come in at that time, and he connected me with somebody at the college he had been prior to that. So I started to exchange ideas uh, because part of what I did was build out an area on the website, which was a job board and other resources for students and graduates. And I had never done anything like that before. So I asked for help a lot. And people were very open to uh, offering me what they had done at the places they were working because the bottom line was we were helping students. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about our sponsor, General Assembly. You're learning a little bit more about General Assembly during today's episode since we have Andy from GA on to talk about career coaching and his path to helping people with their careers. But I want to tell you a little bit about General Assembly and what they're up to. They're all about giving you the tools you need to pursue a career that you'll love. So whether you're interested in data science or UX design, becoming a developer, learning how to code, SEO, all of these disciplines you can learn at General Assembly and really transform your career. Whether you want to make a shift in what you're already doing or you want to get into something completely different, check out General Assembly. Go to their website. It's just General Assembly in the browser and put a dot before the LY and you'll go right there. And most importantly, we've got a special promo code from General Assembly just for Making Ways listeners. If you type in Making Ways at checkout, you'll get 15% off any class or workshop. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Let's get back to the show. So it sounds like this work in Manchester really got you up to speed on this kind of new career role, this, this new groove you were in where you were helping people and finding a more authentic voice to do that. At what point did you, what was the, I guess, what was the next step after that? Career choices don't always happen because you're getting other opportunities. Life happens. So we were in Manchester and I was prepared to be there for a while. I thought that's what was going to happen. And my mother-in-law was diagnosed with dementia. Uh, we were starting to notice some changes and some really odd behavior in the middle of the night. She would call us and things like that. And my wife is from Berkeley. And 
there wasn't a, you know, a second thought. This came, we got this information and my wife just turned to me and said, I want to go home. I want to be near my mom. So we had a yard sale that was probably the greatest yard sale ever in Manchester because we had to sell everything. And we just wanted it out because we were going to travel across country. So we, everyone basically bought our house and then we sold our house and we packed up our car and we drove with our dog uh, across country and we wanted to get here quickly. So we did it in a little under three days. We kind of just like drove through as fast as we could and got here. And uh, my wife started working at Creative Live, which is over in um, Potrero. And we lived in the East Bay for a while until we found an apartment in San Francisco. So it just happened that way. And then for me, I knew I wanted to do this. So I started networking and meeting people because I'd never lived on the West Coast. I'd been here sporadically. My sister lived in San Francisco seven years prior to us moving out here. So I started networking and meeting people and talking about what I was interested in doing and got an opportunity then to work at an art college in San Francisco as a career counselor and found that with the tech industry out here, Although I really enjoyed working with recent college graduates, I had started to see the boot camps and accelerated learning and working with a lot of people on the outside who were transitioning in career and wanted to give that a try. So I got a chance to transition. I knew an instructor at General Assembly, and I'm a big network person. You know, I talk a lot about finding people who've been there first or people who are there to get that information and then make a, a choice, a real specific choice to go after those types of jobs. So I asked for a referral to get uh, an interview at General Assembly. They were hiring for my role. So I interviewed for a career coach position there and then transitioned over into accelerated learning, specifically coaching their full-time immersive students uh, through the course and then post-graduation. What do you think the the key is to kind of building a, a strong network? Maybe even building a network in something that you're pretty cold or, or detached from to begin with. Part of it is knowing who you are. You know this because you work in brand and you work in understanding how to get people to connect with you. So the first part is to know who you are and how do people perceive you. So I work a lot with people to start to understand when they walk into a room, when they speak with somebody, how others are perceiving them. Because it could be very different than what they think they are, who they think they are, and then start to make really specific choices on how they want to represent themselves, what they're looking to um, build out of this relationship. I don't believe in networking just to get a job. Because if that's the case, if I meet you and you can't help me, then I run to the next person and I don't, I don't get a chance to build that relationship with you down the road and maybe collaborate on something that's pretty powerful in the future. So I work on uh, with networking, and I do a lot of specific exercises with students to learn how to be themselves very quickly so that they can develop a relationship with someone. It's sort of like when you go back to thinking about how did you become friends with people? You were kind of put together through unusual circumstances. In this case, it's a little bit more artificial because you might go to networking events, you might be around people. Uh, But one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard is someone said, if you go to these events, you pretend you are the host because how do you behave when you're the host? You want to take care of people and you want to make sure they're okay and you're going to ask them questions and you're going to make it more about them 
And I talk about it as building a community. If you're a designer, you're a data scientist, you're someone working in this market, you need a community around you because technology changes quickly and you need people to help support you and understand that. And also, no one likes to be on an island. If I do what I do and I'm the only one, I have no one to collaborate with. You know, The other coaches that I work with, both at General Assembly and now know in the community in, Cal- in San Francisco, but also uh, California, it's nice to have a sounding board to talk about what I'm working on, what they're working on. Uh, so I think that is more critical than I need the job or I need to meet this person. Can you connect me with them? That's part of it maybe, but I'm looking to find out how I can be someone to help you and then we'll see what happens after that. I'm curious about maybe the biggest roadblocks you see uh, people face who are maybe thinking about making a career transition. The biggest roadblock is fear. Your brain can talk you out of anything. You may have the greatest idea and three minutes later you've got 40 ideas why it's not the greatest idea. So Part of it is facing your fear and taking a risk. I've spent a great portion of my life trying to make changes to the things I don't like about how I work, how I work with people, uh, how I walk through the world, essentially. And so fear is probably the biggest roadblock. Uh, And part of that is tradition. I work with so many people who started down a path because it was what their parents told them they have to do or because they were too afraid to stand up and say, but I kind of want to do this and try this. And so that turns into years of, well, I've already started to do this. I can't just give that up now. Uh, So learning how to shut that brain off and follow your heart a bit more is part of it. And then it's old fashioned hard work. You have to do it. There's no secret to getting that career. There's no magic to it other than hard work and also getting your stuff in front of people. So it's that balanced approach that I find to be the easiest antidote to fear because you have to do the work in order to find that balanced approach. And somewhere along the lines, I see a shift in the people I work with where they all of a sudden start to believe they actually know what they're doing and they do. You know, I see it from the outside. I see it very early on in the course because they create great work and they start to learn the language of whatever they're studying. It's just hard to believe it because no one's actually paid you for it yet or no one has said or introduced you as here is so-and-so. And I love that as an exercise. I always tell people, go out with your friends and see how they introduce you because it'll give you really good insight into where you really are right now in your career. <laughs> That's you such know? great advice. It's hilarious because if you, well, people will start paying attention and then they come back into class and they're like, my friends introduced me and I didn't like it. And I'm like, well, you get to change that. But it's true. You know, you have to do that. How about some of the greatest mentors in your life? Yeah, I think for me, the, the best mentor I've ever had was my dad. Uh, he was somebody who developed those relationships. Uh, He passed away a couple years ago, and I remember being at his funeral, and they had to have it in a church instead of uh, at a funeral home because so many people came. And every person who came through who I'd never met had a story about how he helped them once. And uh, I I knew that was the man he was. It just was so nice to see all those people talk about it. And, And the mentoring he gave me was about 
being realistic and knowing what you don't have yet. And if you want it, go get it. And he meant that by weaknesses. Uh, if you are not strong in this area, go figure it out. Otherwise, let it go. Uh, and don't waste your time. But if you want it, then you have to go do the work. He was also somebody that enjoyed life very much. So I got a, a great sense of humor from him and a great uh, ability to just sit around and tell jokes and have fun with people and, and not be so serious. Uh, so for me, and also I, I did a panel not too long ago and someone asked this question. And uh, I was laughing because years ago, I quit a job after three days because it was horrible. And my dad's advice was, you'll never work in this town again. So I was like, because they asked, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? And I gave that back and everyone kind of froze in their seats. And I was like, just kidding. Uh, but I think the best advice I've ever gotten was that relationships build careers. You know, someone talked to me uh, and I was talking about when I was building my company and they said, because my whole goal was I want to do it a little bit better than my competitors, but I want to offer it in a way on my terms uh, where I, I could uh, try something my way, uh, which was not really reinventing the wheel. And uh, they, they had uh, had a business and were very successful. And they just talked to me about this idea that if you develop relationships, and that doesn't mean one way, that means if you develop relationships where you help others where you're available to be there when they need something, then uh, you will build your career, you will build your company, you will do all of that. And, and that was after years of really big mistakes in my life and really not understanding how to develop these relationships and knowing who I was and having to take a real hard look at the type of person that I was and how I wanted to uh, approach my future. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you. Okay, that was the conversation with Andy Whalen, career coach, uh, still a comic in my book. We had so much fun chatting, and I laughed so much uh, during our conversation. Andy, thank you so much for doing the show and being a part of it. I learned so much, and I really hope all of you did as well. Special thanks to our listeners and friends and family who are enjoying the show so much. And I'm hearing from you guys uh, every week, and uh, it means a ton to me. So if you like what you're hearing on Making Ways, please head over to iTunes and write a review. It's a great way for people to discover the show, and it'll mean a lot to me. Thanks to our sponsor, General Assembly, who introduced me to Andy. Now I get to introduce Andy to all of you. If you're interested in taking a class or workshop at General Assembly, use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout and you'll get 15% off. Making Ways is engineered by Jim Heffernan at TTO Productions. Our intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix, too. With each episode, I write an article and do an illustration of our guest, so check that out at makingways.co. You can follow us on Twitter at making underscore ways, on Instagram at making.ways, and all of our articles for the episodes are live on Medium at Making Ways. Thanks so much, guys, and have a great week.